Welcome to the Movie Planet. With Joe. And Joel. All right, welcome to the Movie Planet. And joining me today is the Woody to my Forky, Joel. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. It's good, good to have be, you back in the it's room. Good to be back, and thank you for Woody. Yes, well, I was going to give you Buzz. I knew you liked Buzz last I time, but, uh, you know. I, I, Forky and Woody are the ones that are together in this. It ain't Buzz and Woody. No, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email me at MoviePlanetPodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at slash MoviePlanetPod, Twitter and Instagram at MoviePlanetPod. And on this show, we'll be keeping track of all the movies worth your time in our Movie Planet Preserve. The animated Movie Planet Preserve is comprised of seven and only seven films. And currently, there are five films in this preserve. They are Toy Story 3 with a perfect grade, Toy Story 2 with an A-. minus. Toy Story with a B plus, Fantastic Mr. Fox with a B plus, and you weren't here for this, Hercules, 1997, the Disney animated feature, an average C. <laughs> you know, that's one I think I maybe have seen once in my life. Really? Yeah, I remember the cartoon used to come on a lot, but I never, there are like some random Disney movies in my life that I completely missed out on. Okay. I think I've seen The Little Mermaid once, yeah. and it was just from being in a pediatric office. Yeah. If I recall, your favorite Disney movie is The Emperor's New Groove. Yes, yeah, it still is. Yeah. I showed it to the uh, students on the last day of school. In fact, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about how that movie came to be and how different it was from their actual inception. It's, it's great. It's unbelievable. They wanted to do something about, like, <laughs> the, the Egypt, and the only thing they kept was the llama. Yeah. it's um, <laughs> We were talking about it. It's One, it's one of the more underrated Disney movies of all time. Yes. Because it gets forgotten about as being Disney altogether. But also... That they, the fact that they brought Tom Jones in to do the soundtrack <laughs> and the people don't talk about it more is just phenomenal. It's yeah. a great movie. It's it still it still stands up too. Yeah, you actually returned me onto that. Yes. Like I was not a fan of that until you said you were a fan. I was like, okay, I need to see this again. And maybe it's because I was like ten years older. I was like, I do like this. It's good humor. I do like this. Good humor for adults and kids alike. Yes. Well we have we have a bit of a situation here, and that is Toy Story used to rule. The trilogy pantheon, but now we have to remove it. Tell me why. It's not a trilogy anymore. Ah, uh. it's a franchise. These Toy Story shot themselves in the foot now. Uh, however, if you feel like it should still be in the trilogy pantheon, as in one through three, I have a compromise that I think should be made, and that is the Hobbit should be its own trilogy, and the Lord of the Rings should be its own trilogy. They can stay in the franchise pantheon as a token saga. But they recognize as trilogies also. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that with the Lord of the Rings Hobbit altogether. The Toy Story one's tough because you have the exact same characters, the exact same storyline, and that's the that's the kicker there. Yeah. Because Toy Story 4 picks up right after Toy Story 3. Uh, it picks up two years after. Right. Yeah. Right. But it flashes back to Toy Story 1, so I think that makes it tough to stay inside of that pantheon. Yeah. So um, The only thing is it's like, you have the Andy trilogy. Andy really isn't referenced much in this movie outside of the whole... Woody has Andy flashbacks in his conversations. <laughs> yeah, the whole the theme of, that's my kid, which really came up for the first time in this one. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know. It may... I may be with you. It may be out of the trilogy category. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of other trilogies to fill that up, because I wrote a whole bunch down. I was like, how many are there? And the ones that I came up with that could still fill that thing up, we got... 
the Dark Knight trilogy, the the Godfather trilogy, the Hangover trilogy, the Matrix trilogy, the Planet of the Apes trilogy, the Riddick, the, the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle trilogy. Oh, wow. And the Blade trilogy. So there's there's still plenty. Rush Hour is still a trilogy until possibly August of 2020. Yeah. that I, I Every time I hear news about that, it goes away for five months. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping for you. Oh, I'm hoping man. for you. And on Rush Hour 4 day, I will be in the theater, whether you invite me or not. Oh, we'll be there. Right behind you going, hey, here it comes. Here comes some non-racist humor. Uh, that's gonna happen it'll probably still happen i think they i think they got in that door before it closed yeah perhaps um i I liked it (laughs) okay well the higher the grade we give this the longer it may be staying there only a film with a higher grade can kick it down on its butt from the preserve in the future so we will discuss this movie in an hour or so we will analyze it and grade it and figure out if we need to boot a movie out this is a spoiler rich podcast so if you haven't seen 2019's toy story this is being released now i think three weeks after the movie's been out I'm guessing by then every child in America has seen it. Yeah, and hopefully you all will have formulated your own opinion. Yeah, and not just gone like, wow, that Joel, he really knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Because, you know, we That's want you to form your say. own. So, especially if you stop right here, watch the movie, turn us back on, and enjoy our discussion and analysis. But, let's get into this thing. All right, well, this week we're talking about 2019's Toy Story 4, a movie made for an estimated, according to Wikipedia, $175 to $200 million dollars. And it opened up this weekend with a take of 120.9, which that's the most in the franchise. Yeah. Well, biggest opening. I'll say this. It makes sense because all of the people that grew up with Buzz and Woody now have kids of their own. So it's, it's a great excuse to take your child to a movie. Yes. It's summertime. Perfect time to release it. But actually, if you adjust for inflation, Toy Story 3 had the bigger opening. I believe it. And it was on 500 less screens. Ooh. I mean, yeah, that that and I'm wondering if something stopped when Toy Story 3 came out, like that was their closure point. They were like, what is this? Because after that, you got a bunch of shorts that came out like here's this and this and Forky. When you see the movie, Forky's the best part of the movie. Yeah, he's arguably in the top four. Yeah. Buster Bluth. Thank you very much. They're my (laughs) they're my awards, mother from Army. (laughs) I loved Tony Hale in this. I'm like, ah, uh, if he had been there all along, that'd have been brilliant. It really would have been. Yeah. Um, but Toy Story Two is number four on the list. It goes Toy Story Three, Toy Story Four, Finding Nemo, Toy Story Two. Those are the biggest openings right there. What I love about the new sabermetrics that are coming out for movies mm-hmm. is that now we have the well, how many theaters was it released in? Yes. And I really started to hear that come out with Avengers Endgame. Okay. Because they're saying, well, it came out on so many theater screens, and there was... And the IMAX screens. Right. But at the same time, it's like, there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. Because demand was high. Yeah. You couldn't get a ticket for, like, three weekends. Yeah. Could you imagine if it was back, like, you know, 2000, where you were lucky to get two screens? Yeah. It would have shown for the full year. Exactly. And the funny thing about it is that, you know, they're, I think it's like 35 million away from Avatar. So what do they do? Re-releasing it with brand new footage. You win. Did you see the guy? I know this isn't an Avengers podcast. We've probably <laughs> talked about this already, but the guy that like broke the world record for most times going to see it. It's like 100 times? What a doofus. He, he have to work at the theater. How much money are you spending on those tickets? Well, okay, you have to work at the theater, but you also have to have somebody there to monitor that you're watching the movie from Guinness. How bored was that guy? <laughs> <laughs> you go to a lot of movies. Could you imagine <laughs> if you went to that many movies, people like, Joe. 
I saw Joe. It, okay. I saw it five times. He saw what, 170? He, he's like, yeah, it's up how there. Much, but how much time do you have to have? Three hours and two minutes each time. <laughs> he yeah, must have been going on a rotation. Well, he had to be going more than once a day. And sleeping through some, I mean, taking naps. He, boy, he's got to keep watching it. That's Guinness. They have to watch it. Yeah, that that one's interesting because psycho. there's only so many hours in a day. Yes. I didn't read the article. I didn't feel like you needed my time, but here we are talking about it. <laughs> well, hey, here we go. Talking about Toy Story <laughs> 4. now. Star- <laughs> Starring Tom Hanks as Woody, Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear, Annie Potts still as Bo Peep, Tony Hale as Forky, Keegan-Michael Key as Ducky, Madeline McGraw as Bonnie, Christina Hendricks as Gabby Gabby, Jordan Peele as Do- uh, Bunny, Keanu Reeves as Duke Kaboom, Allie Mackey as Giggle McDimples. Oh, and now we're going to the original cast. Joan Cusack as Jesse. Oh, I hate her. Bonnie Hunt as Dolly. <laughs> Kristen Schaal as Trixie. Emily Davis as Billy Goat and Gruff. Wallace Shawn as Rex. John Ratzenberger as Ham. Blake Clark as Slinky Dog. Carl Weathers as Combat Carl. That was great. Don Rickles as Mr. Potato Head. Jeff Garland as Buttercup. And Timothy Dalton as Mr. Pricklepants. That's a long list of people right there. And it's a weird how they, they have like eight or nine new characters in there get billing before the old ones yeah is this a passing of the torch movie um yeah for sure i think yeah 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 because well and we'll get to it in the analysis yeah. but i think this was like a decent way to just say we're done <laughs> because they really didn't give much attention to the older cast yeah they squeezed enough of that orange i think yeah, yeah. so it, w- it was cool to see them do something semi-new but you're right. It might just be a all right. We're on. To, we're on to the next one. Yeah. Well, according to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, as of right now, it is a tomato meter reading of 100 percent, 45 fresh and zero rotten. And the critics gave this film a 8.5 out of 10. You know that makes sense. The audience score, which is the average rating, the audience gave this film is a four. A film is a 4.68 out of five, with 95 percent agreeing it's a three or higher. Those five percent are assholes. Yeah. <laughs> but let's get into the making of the movie. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. There is no making of the movie because it's too damn early for this shit. All right, Joel, do you remember seeing this for the first time? What would you think? <laughs> I did. I saw it on Friday night, or yeah. it, as you are listening to it now, a couple, a few. A few weeks ago? Fridays ago. <laughs> Large popcorn upgrade on my Regal app from a medium. Oh. Tasted old. Um, popcorn. Yeah, which was upsetting. I uh, This is the week I started uh, working construction. And oh. so, like, you're just standing out, and it's 95 degrees. You're like, <laughs> you know how great a movie would be? And a so nice I, cold theater. Yeah. <laughs> and, I was, and I mean, I waited all week. I was like, you know what? Friday. Friday, yeah. I'm going. Popcorn is okay. Movie was good, though. Refreshing. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I saw it Thursday night, opening night. Uh, it was me and a thousand kids packed in a theater. Yep. And I, that's kind of where I – normally I don't like kids in my theater. It was 7.30 at night. I thought I was going to avoid the children. But this time it was kind of nice because I got a better idea as to how this movie was going to be accepted by the right demographic. Yeah. I, I walked into this movie – I turned to the person I was with. I said, this might be the only G-rated movie where the adults outweigh the kids. And I was wrong. <laughs> I couldn't believe how many kids were there. I was very wrong. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. The reactions from the adults in the room might have been the best part of my theater experience. We'll get to that later. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Now, a little clip from our movie. Hi, toys. Hi, toys. Oh, God. 
Oh, he did go to kindergarten. I knew it. No, no, you're no, trying guys, to get listen, Bonnie in the, trouble. No, of course not. You could have been confiscated. What does that mean? Taken away. <gasps> no! Or worse, you could have been lost. No, 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 guys, listen. Bonnie had a great day in class, and we're going on a road trip. Road trip? Vacation! <laughs> but then something really weird happened. Bonnie made a friend in class. What a oh, she's already making friends. Like... No, no, she literally made a new friend. Hey. It's okay. Come on out. That's it. Come on. There you go. Come on. Let's get you out of there. You got this. Good. Good. Everyone, I want you to meet Forky. Golly, Bob Look how long his arms are. In a flashback to nine years ago, between the events of the previous films, R.C. is being swept down a storm drain. Woody and the other toys mount a successful rescue operation, but while they are busy, a mysterious man buys Bo Peep. Despite Woody's efforts to prevent the sale, Bo reassures him that it is part of being a toy to be taken away. I want to start by saying this is the most beautiful animation I've ever seen from Pixar. I agree. There was one moment where I legitimately thought it was I guess it was the water or the trees like that's real. I thought the when they do the storm drain, I was like, it doesn't get more real looking than no, that. They did a great job. Uh, this was a tough scene to watch for the people who grew up watching, like grew up who with know our toy. You yeah. Know, yeah, to see him maybe going down the drain. All of us who probably at some point had a toy or a baseball or something go down the drain. That feeling of I'm never going to have that back again. Right. I f you feel this opening scene, and then the goodbye from. Woody to Bo Peep is tough as well. Okay. Yeah. I, for me, I saw this and I, I got confused immediately because they put nine years up and my head starts going, okay, timeline. Let me get through this. <laughs> because again, nine years ago, nine years from when? Right. Because the, the kid that runs in looks like a boy. And I thought that was Andy. And then they say that was Bonnie actually. Or not Bonnie. That was uh, his little sister. His little sister. So... Well, Toy Story, mm. so this happened, this whole movie happens two years after Toy Story 3. Yes. Now, does it say that in the movie? Does it then say two years later? Uh, it doesn't say two years later because it just says it in IMDb. They just say it's, it happened. Well, I, I personally thought it happened right afterwards. Well, he was 18 in Toy Story 3. Right. So if you go nine years ago, that'd be when he's nine. Nine years old. But Did he have Jesse then? Toy Story 3. Uh, um, you only had Toy Story 2. Um. Yeah, because that's where I got confused. Because I was like, wait, why is Jesse here then? Oh, we're going to have to watch this uh, second <laughs> time. <laughs> but anyway, it's, I probably here's the thing. I'm sitting there complaining about timelines. And <laughs> I, I loved Endgame. So. <laughs> um, but this is really, it's a really beautiful scene. But also, you're right, the Bo Peep scene. I forgot she was nowhere in Toy Story 3. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, and realistically, I didn't miss her. No. So when she showed up here, I was kind of like, oh, okay, there's Would Bo that, Peep again. But do they, do they mention it briefly in the middle? They do. Or at the beginning or something? Yeah, well, they mention all the friends they've lost. That's right. And they mention, like, five names, and Bo Peep is one of them. And when they play Bo Peep's name, it just so happens they play a tune over it, kind of like, and they show Woody, like, like that. But then it's kind of like, okay, back there, right, my usual adventure. Yeah, that was cute. Memory lane. <laughs> okay, two years later, uh, Andy. Oh no, two years after that, apparently. Don't uh, and two years after Andy. I can't read. Two years after Andy donated his toys to Bonnie, Woody and the other toys are content in their new life. Are they? No. Well, some of them are. Yeah, Woody doesn't seem too content. Woody. 
I mean, it's <laughs> Tom Hanks. He's just a good guy through and through. He's finding the good in all of it, but in the reality, he's stuck in the closet with a dust bunny and a couple old toys. When they take the sheriff button off him, I was like, oh, that's a dick move to do at the very beginning. I would have loved him not to do that, but he puts it on Jesse at the end anyway. Yeah. Like, that. I think that would have been cooler, but the whole point of Toy Story 3 was that these toys found a new place for their love. And now you're already taking that away. <laughs> yeah, we did not. We didn't get a lot of uh, home with Bonnie. No, no which I missed because I was looking forward to Bonnie. I was like, she looks like so much fun. Yeah, I mean, and she was in there a little bit. She she got her screen time. Yeah, but the hierarchy has changed. Also, Woody's not in charge. No. The that what's the doll by Kristen Schaal? Oh man. <laughs> oh no, that's the rhinoceros. Yeah, she, Dolly. Bonnie hunts Dolly. Dolly's right. the one that's in charge. Even locks Woody in the closet at one point. <laughs> <laughs> rules is rules. Yeah. Well, worried that Bonnie will feel overwhelmed at her kindergarten orientation, Woody, who Bonnie has been neglecting, sneaks into her backpack and his fears come to light as Bonnie becomes shy around her na- new classmates. Woody covertly places a spork and other items from a trash can on Bonnie's table during arts and crafts, and she turns them into a handmade toy spork she names Forky. After Bonnie places Forky in her backpack, he comes to life much to Woody's shock. Question. Uh, Something I was trying to figure out the whole movie. Okay. The spork that is Forky, the redness on his cheeks, was that the crayon that she used, or was it lipstick from an old spork that got thrown away? Oh, I thought it was crayon. I did too. Because when he throws the crayons out, I was like, well, what, where's the crayons for? Well, there was some... It was to write her name on the bottom. It was in red. Yeah. So... It'd be an interesting one for uh, for those of you that haven't seen. Look for it uh, if there are any stains on the fork, spork, when it comes out of the garbage can. But but Forky, autumn, uh, right away, has a... Uh, <laughs> he has a destination he has to get to. The trash. He tells you many times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I will say this. Of all the new additions over the course of the previous three films, Forky is my favorite. Yeah. He, well, he's just lovable. He, he is. Tony Hale's got a voice that makes you just want to hug the guy. Yeah. Uh, but also, they, there's a funny thing that happens here, and that is they have, they, by introducing Forky and the fact that he believes he is trash, and Woody believing he is a toy, you now have something that's relevant in 2019. Identity. And I thought that's where this was going to go. And I was like, this is ballsy, Pixar. This is ballsy. Okay, let's see where you go. And then they dismiss it altogether right away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it comes up a little bit at the end. A little um, bit, yeah. Well, but, it is not, but it is not the overarching. With the, pre- but the oh. post-credit? Yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> yeah, it was post-credit. Never mind. Yeah, so the, it wasn't well, the movie. Well, the post-credit scene, are, for me, is the best line in the whole movie. What was that? Where she goes, how are we alive? Oh, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, after Woody introduces him to the rest of Bonnie's toys, Forky experiences an existential crisis, believing that he was made to be trash and not a toy. And the other toys prevent him from throwing himself away. For about five minutes of the movie. It's a long montage. (laughs) Of essentially a suicidal spork that is trying to throw himself away. And Woody takes it upon himself to be the caretaker over it because, as the theme throughout the movie, Woody is looking for his purpose. Because they talk about it, they talk about it in the closet a little bit. Yeah, he's saying like, "My purpose is, was, you know, semi fulfilled with Andy." So he's like, "What am I supposed to do now?" Right. 
Well, but he's always said the purpose of being a toy is to give a child joy. Right. So he's always known his purpose, which is where I got confused because you're right. I'm like, okay, the theme of this is Woody tries to find himself, but he already knows who he is. He's been saying it for three damn movies. Right. But it's tough when the child when the child doesn't want you. Which is something I'm going to get into in my critique because I think there is a better direction this movie could have gone. That would have been really, really cool. Oh, let's go with it. Yeah. Okay. So um, on a road trip with Bonnie's family and her toys, and I mean all of her toys, no parent would let them take that many damn toys. Forky, still believing himself to be trash, <laughs> jumps out the... I, I'm sorry. Every time Forky runs, I just giggle. Uh, jumps out the window, prompting Woody to go after him. Woody convinces Forky of the joys of being a toy, and they journey to the RV park at a nearby town where Bonnie and her parents will be staying. How far is it? Five miles. We'll make it. <laughs> Walking at about a foot every, what, ten seconds? Every ten seconds. <laughs> but it, it gives you more time with Forky and Woody. Right. And enough time for Woody to give Forky his entire life story, which comes into play later. Yes. Uh, and they, but I love how they're going to the RV park and then they reach the town in Woody's spots. Just, what's that? Bo's lamp at the antique store. Searching for Bo inside, he and Forky encounter a doll named Gabby Gabby and her creepy ass puppets, Mm. the Bensons. All right. So the Bensons. Scared a a few kids in my my theater. The worst. Um, we were next to probably a 40 odd year old mom Mm -hmm. who out loud was screaming. Every time the Bensons were around the corner to where we I leaned up to look at her because I thought it was the kid. But it was a mom doing the and of course, like I think this comes with being a mom. I don't know if it something chemically in your body that happens. Super protection mode. But where her feet were, her heels were together and almost like up to her butt. And every time something is happening that makes you a little uncomfortable, like those knees are just like thrashing back and forth. <laughs> and so every time the Benson's, she went, ah, no, <laughs> and like out loud, like, ma'am, you're in a sold out theater. Your kids are with you and they're looking at you saying, mom, chill. If you're doing it during our movie, that's a horror movie. It's okay. A uh, G movie. A G rated Pixar Like movie. you were saying that. I was like, Joel, you were doing that during Covenant. But then again, that's supposed to scare the hell out of you. Right. <laughs> Uh, reaching the town. Okay, so they reach the town. They go to the antique store. Uh, Gabby, Gabby, she comes out. The first thing I think of is Lotso Bear. Okay. And I think of Prospector. Do you do you know what I think of? What do you think of? I think of, what is her name? Poppy from uh, Golden Circle. Kingsman Golden oh, Circle. Oh, yeah. Um, Gabby, Gabby was essentially Julianne Moore's character from Golden Circle. Yeah, she was. She was this bubbly... I only want what's good. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why my plan isn't going through. She's very like pleasant to be around, but she has an agenda. She's going to get it in her way. And is she the bad guy in this? That's that's something I actually do kind of like about this movie. In that they say it's like not sometimes bad things can come from good motives. Yes. I don't know. This one, this was a little, a little bit of a deep, uh, the deep character. cut. It was because she's not. No, but she, well, she, well, she is. The way she goes about. Here's the thing. I guess her methods are bad, for the. It's desperation. It is, 
Like, I keep going back to the Woody scene. We're, we're going to get to in a second here where she pulls out the voice box. Yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Lotso Bear never did that. He just said, here, go, go to the three-year-old tank. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, let's see. Does it... Does, do we have in the synopsis why like what her why she's in the yes story okay yeah yeah we do I think um, so when Bonnie and her parents oh no Gabby Gabby offers to take them to Bo but soon reveals her true plan to obtain Woody's voice box since her own is broken and no child will purchase her so she's been there for a long time right the you have to imagine though she was owned at one point to be taken to an antique shop. They right. didn't buy defective toys. Right. She was she was returned like the day that she was bought. Yeah. And so when you look at the Gabby Gabby's box, you have Gabby Gabby, which if you haven't seen the movie, is this little pigtail doll where like the eyelids go up and down. Yeah. Uh, by today's standards, terrifying. Um, for some, <laughs> some children spend a lot of money on them. Yes. But the human girl on the box and in the books that's playing with Gabby Gabby is a little redheaded girl with freckles and bangs that looks just like her. You just described Chucky. <laughs> yes, essentially. <laughs> and the granddaughter of the antique store. Harmony. Harmony looks just like it. Yeah. So in Gabby Gabby's design, she's looking at this girl and saying, this is who I am supposed to be with. This is who I'm destined to be with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she just wants to have tea. She just wants to have tea with Harmony. Just wants to have tea time. Yeah. Um, when Bonnie and her parents enter the store, Woody and Forky try to escape, but Forky is captured by Gabby Gabby. By the time Woody escapes the shop, Bonnie's RV has left without him, and he realizes that he has left Forky behind. I feel like I'm, I'm watching a shell game. Like, watch this plot over here, and then they move things around, and they go, where's the ball? And you look up, nope, it's not there. It's over here. Like, there's always one thing missing, I think. Like, the RV goes missing. Bo goes missing. This yeah. person goes missing. There's always a missing element. Right. Um, but there's something I'm going to get to in a second here because I'm going to read another paragraph. Woody reunites with Bo, who has become a nomad adventurer, helping lost toys find owners. With Bo's companion, a miniature cop named Giggles McDimples, they take a route through a nearby carnival to rescue Forky from the antique store. It's we're a Polly Pocket, right? Yeah. I there couldn't were, believe it. There were some amazing 90s toys in this movie. Yes, there were. What's the um, the little dragonfly girls that they had their own containers? Yeah. And pulled the string and they went flying? I can't remember what they were called. They were like pixies or yeah, you know, some, some, something like that. Something yeah, like but that. I saw those and I was like, I remember those toys. Mm -hmm. I remember those ones. Uh, but it's kind of funny. You know, they, they drive around a skunk because that's how people get out of the way. Uh <laughs> They're really taking this movie is saying basically, okay, we're toys, we're sentient, and we're out in the open now. Yeah. I mean, there is no hiding at this point. I kind of missed that element. Like the fact that they did it when you weren't around. Now it's they're just driving around your damn park. Let's think about this. How long has how long has Bo Peep been out of the antique store? Nine years. And so what are the odds? Well, I guess carnivals have a rotation, but that they are back at the exact same location next to the antique store. Right. Where, now, again, it's fate. We're, we're going to nitpick a G-rated movie. <laughs> if you tuned in thinking we weren't, find something else. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, okay. They're right next door to a carnival. 
And where do they spend all their time? In a brown antique shop? This is the wrong place for your audience to be watching. They don't care about this. They want to go across the street. Yes. The (laughs) oldest antique store. (laughs) It's so dusty. (laughs) Big. Which, that was another thing I loved, is when Woody gets thrown into the cupboard earlier, he's got dust bunnies on him and stuff. Oh, you should name that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Meanwhile, Buzz, hey, remember him? He's in the movie. Yeah, when he when he reappeared, I was like, my gosh, how much of Buzz are we going to miss in this film? Yeah. Luckily, he came back a little bit more after this, but you go for 20 minutes without it's, Buzz. It's a long time. One of the two faces of the franchise. Yeah. Meanwhile, Buzz searches for Woody on his own, seeking guidance in the button-induced phrases from his own voice box. Buzz finds himself as a prize in a carnival booth and escapes with plush toys Ducky and Bunny, played by Key and Peele. And let's... Let us also say this, as long as we're nitpicking. Yeah. The Buzz Lightyear phrases we've been hearing for three straight movies, mm-hmm. how many of those did we hear? Um, when he pressed the buttons. Well, they had about 20 sayings on it, <laughs> which you find me a toy that old with that many sayings on it. I feel like, I feel like each button was its own phrase. I, that's what I thought. To infinity and beyond. Uh the Zerg line. Zer- Buzz Lightyear Star Command. But then there's the Zerg line, which is, I'm here to defend the universe from Zerg and all that. Yeah. Those well, are the that's three. What they added more in number two. But um, I, I love the fact that they're like, oh, listen to your inner voice. And it's like, it's been nine years. He's never pressed the fucking buttons. It, 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 <laughs> right. it was super funny, though. Like, I will say, like, if you're going to add a stretch, that was a pretty good stretch. Buzz did turn into a little bit more of a bozo instead of a military hardo. Um, yeah. In this movie. The most serious he's been, though, I think, was the first one. Yeah, he lightened up in the second. But this one, he's like, oh, that's right. I've got to listen to my inner voice. And then presses it. That's right. But then again, it's, you know, you love Tim Allen, so you don't care too much. Yeah, my guess is that this was their way of connecting him to Woody when he wasn't there. Was Woody gave him that advice, and in the end, Buzz is going to finally give him the advice that Woody wants to hear. Right. Yeah, that's good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Buzz finds Woody. and Oh, what do you think of Duck and Bunny? Ducky and Bunny. Uh, I thought they were great. But yeah, I don't know. Key and Peele together are just great anyways. They've yeah. got such a good chemistry. It took a little bit. Yeah, I don't know why it took me. It took me longer than I'm proud of to realize that their hands were sewn together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but not too long. Here's the thing. When they start talking, the whole show stopped because it's like, okay, it's listen to them because they're hysterical. Right. They, they could have their own Pixar shorts. So far, the most charismatic and fun people to watch have been all the new characters. Oh, they, was be- they were great. Forky, Ducky, and Bunny. Those are the ones we want to watch right now. We don't care about anybody else. We just want to see more of them. Do you think they're going to try to squeeze a side project out of Ducky and Bunny? I hope not. I hope not. I hope Jordan Peele goes. <laughs> He's smart. Yeah. Both of them are. Yeah. Both of them are. Well, Keegan-Michael Key makes a few questionable choices every now and then. <laughs> he he's he's the other side of the right coin right so it's jordan, jordan peele and there's keegan yeah peele <laughs> peele does seem to have a good eye for what hollywood needs yeah and what is genuine and what is right right um so hopefully that won't happen i mean i'll probably watch it if they do well there's one more new character coming along in a second that steals the show also let's go for it yeah uh 
Buzz finds Woody and Bo, and they recruit Ducky and Bunny to help rescue Forky, promising that they will become Bonnie's toys along with Bo's old friend from the antique store, Duke Kaboom, a Duke Canadian Kaboom. stuntman toy voiced by the great John Wick. I mean, Keanu Reeves. He's great. I didn't recognize Keanu Reeves until halfway through the movie. Really? I was like, God, he sounds familiar. <laughs> I, I looked up, I looked up all the voices before I went in. Okay. Because I knew that if I didn't, I would have my phone out during the movie. <laughs> you do that, yeah. <laughs> like, who is that? <laughs> well, because with voice acting, it's always so fun to try to guess. But in that yeah. movie, I wouldn't have been able to enjoy it until I figured it out. And the only reason I knew Bo Peep was Annie Potts, actually, was because I watched the the Sheldon Cooper new show that, that whatever the Big Bang Theory spinoff was oh uh, Young Sheldon yeah what yeah because Annie Potts is a grandma in that I'm trying to think of what else, what I've seen her in she, Ghostbusters she's the secretary oh shoot and yeah. she'll be playing the secretary again in the new movie absolutely yes uh at the <laughs> apparently Duke Kaboom not only is a stuntman toy he's a very poor stuntman toy <laughs> he crashes into everything because nobody crashes. Like Duke Kaboom. <laughs> Anybody can land it. What was there was something in his uh in his catchphrases that in, ended with Canada. Yes I Canada. <laughs> yes I Canada. <laughs> yes I Canada. <laughs> this was like having Michael Keaton play Ken. Yeah. That's what the right. th- that's what it was. And it was like, you know what? I'm okay with that too. It was, he, it was funny. Yeah. And it wasn't overdone. He wasn't a huge part of the movie. No. Uh, I mean, he had his parts and he had his reasons for being in the movie, but... I love the psychology of Duke Kaboom. Just like... (laughs) Okay, like, the commercial said I could do it. I can't do it! (laughs) It's a commercial! Uh, At the antique store... Oh, we're back here again. The toy's plan to rescue Forky fails. Woody, the only toy still determined to save Forky, has a falling out with the other toys and indirectly insults Bo. Getting really hard again on the side of this right now. Yeah. I'm, where is this going? The The tough part is for someone that's like actually trying to follow a storyline yeah. and understand and process what the movie's about is this is a shuttle run for like content. Yeah. It goes in one direction, then it cuts and goes back the other. And so you, you don't know. They do a good job at tying it all together. There but, were a couple of kids in the theater I heard asking parents, like, what's going on? What's going on? I don't get it. What's going on? Yeah. But And these were like 11, 12-year-olds. Yeah, it was... But you're right. It was a deep cut. Yeah. This is for adults. It is. I don't, it think, really it was, is. I don't think this was made for kids. I think it was made for adults. It was made for... General audiences. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to it later. And I think I'm sure I talked about it in the other podcast of Toy Story, but like, I think it's made for my my generation for the most part. That grew up with it. Yeah. And yeah. We'll, I'll get into that later. Uh, but for unlike Frozen, unlike uh, Inside Out, this was not focused on the young audience. Yeah. In fact, <clears throat> going back to a previous point, which is that they're trying to pass the torch, this next line tells you everything you need to know. As Bo, Duke, Giggles, Ducky, and Bunny return to the carnival, Woody gives up his voice box to Gabby Gabby in exchange for Forky. Self-sacrifice. Eight characters, one original in that entire line. Mm. And it's a and he's passing off the one thing that makes him Woody, his voice. It's true. Uh, which I was kind of hoping Gabby Gabby would have Tom Hanks's voice. <laughs> oh man, wouldn't that be great? That would have been awesome. I did like that they told us how those worked. Yes, she said my record still works, and I was like, those things have records in them. I didn't know that either. <laughs> Do you need to get the phone? No, I have no idea who it is. Okay telemarketers uh get so yeah and this is a sacrifice this is a scary moment actually 
they're going to cut him open and take out his voice. It's it's pretty barbaric and savage. I yeah. mean, it is. It's puppets ripping out stuffing from a toy. We haven't seen shit like this since Scud. Yeah. I think this was a little more harder. Th- this was harder to watch than Scud. Yeah. Well, who are the kids' names? The next door neighbor. Yeah, um, Sid. Sid. Scott Farkas is who you're thinking yeah. of. Yeah, Sid Story. who killed a combat Carl, and yet we get a combat Carl here finally. <laughs> He's resilient. <clears throat> uh, Gabby Gabby is desperate to be adopted by Margaret Harmony. Uh, but Harmony is creeped out by Gabby Gabby's new voice and rejects her. It was a nice, why would she be creeped out? I think she just didn't like the towel, doll. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think she was super creeped out. I think she was just uninterested. Yeah. Because it's an old toy. It'd be really cool if she walked, if she saw the toy, held it, Gabby Gabby says what she needs to say, and she goes, huh, and then took her phone out, took a picture of it, and then dropped her off on the floor going, ha, 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 ha. Had Harmony been 10 years older, that might have happened. Well, Harmony's what, like eight or nine? They all got cell phones now. I, know, I feel like she's younger than that. I, feel oh, okay. like, I think this is, a, this is a Bonnie-aged girl. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. I didn't know how old Bonnie was in this. But she started kindergarten. Oh, five. that's right. She's five. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yep, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Buzz returns to Bonnie's RV and cries out to retrieve Bonnie's backpack, which she left at the antique store. Again, we do not care who hears us or sees us at this point. Buzz yells out, backpack! Yeah. Aren't they worried about a male adult voice somewhere in their cabin? <laughs> well, Bonnie's the only one that hears it. Remember, because Bonnie yells, I forgot my backpack. Because in the beginning of the movie... They say she always she'll be. Thing. They say don't move because once because when Andy left, the kids the toys would all scatter and do yeah. whatever. But once all of Andy's old toys started to get up, the new head of the house said, "No, wait, Bonnie always forgets something. She'll be back." Yeah, which is weird because they've been there for two years. They should know that also. Yeah, well, you would think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Woody comforts Gabby, Gabby, and Bo and her gang return after a change of heart. So Woody does have his voice. Just have his well, voice box. That's the thing. Gabby Gabby was always able to talk, but yeah. the pulse kids strength. could never hear her. Yeah. Because it turned into like a like the distorted mess and it scared kids. And it's weird because I didn't notice it before until I was putting together the show and I found one of the clips from the movie on there. And when she first meets Woody, she looks in the mirror behind him and sees yep. the pull string. Yep. And I was like, Oh, they laid that early. They did. Yeah. Um which is weird because wh- I don't understand why Woody would start comforting Gabby Gabby after what she just did to him. He's a good guy. Well, he willingly gave it up. I mean, she kind of it was a, hosti- it was a hostage situation for <laughs> yeah, sure. It was let go of Forky and I'll give you this. Yeah, Jack Bauer never gave that type of grace to <laughs> terrorists. But Woody, I mean, Woody's, Woody's 24. <laughs> Woody's a good guy. I would watch that. This is Woody. This is Woody's 24. I would watch that movie. <laughs> Uh, after Bonnie returns for her backpack, the toys follow her and her parents. Uh, through Duke's motorcycle skills, Buzz and Forky make it back to Bonnie, who is overjoyed to have Forky back. Okay. Uh, taking Woody's advice, Gabby Gabby sees a little girl crying and gets her comfort and is finally adopted. This scene I like. I love this scene because they do the kid crying so well. Mm-hmm. She genuinely looks terrified and normally i'm like okay it's gonna be an animated thing i don't get it but you feel it there that kid's lost yeah no that this is where the uh the eye pressure started coming on oh did it <laughs> yeah because it's a very sweet scene see for me i i, I didn't I, I didn't feel it this time but i'm glad you did 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just because you see the the grace of the toys that they're like, you have put us through hell and back today. Yeah. And what you are doing, what they are doing, they're like, we understand where she's coming from. She's been in a locked cabinet. Let's help her out. Right. Like, it's not necessary. This is not purely evil motives. This is desperation. And so it is sweet to see all the other toys pulled together to help her get finally get a home. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, what's funny is we forgot to talk about this, but the way to get the key to the cabinet. That was great. The, having Ducky and Bunny discuss what they're going to do was great enough. But when you find out how they actually get it, which is she just puts the key in front of them and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's Ducky, Bunny, and then it's Buzz. And who else? Um, is it Buzz, Ducky and Bunny? Or trying to figure out how to get the key because yeah, whole, Buzz, Ducky, and Bunny are the ones doing yeah, it. Yeah, because well, we the hard the thing that Woody and everyone they're having trouble with as far as getting Forky back is the antique store. It, like all of the cabinets are locked. Yeah, the, every, it's all these china cabinets that lock because that's what china cabinets did. So no one stole your plates you'll never use. Right. Um, but yeah, so Buzz's purpose in this part of the plot is to find the key. Key and Peel, Ducky and Bunny, are do a hilarious montage <laughs> of ways that they're going to get back. Almost so all good. of them include them assaulting <laughs> an eighty-year-old grandmother. Something and, straight out of Annabelle. Yeah. The toy comes alive. <laughs> um, and they all have great names that end up coming back later to serve for good. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, so then the way that they get the key. They asked they said, how did you get the key? Mm-hmm. And then it flashes back to the old lady just putting it in a tea dish yeah. in front of Buzz. And they're like, God, oh, don't worry about it. It was hard. It was very difficult. So hard. So right. hard to find it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, as Woody and Bo say goodbye, Woody becomes hesitant in returning with Bonnie. With some encouragement from Buzz, Woody decides to stay with Bo and help Lost Toys find owners. Buzz and the gang give Woody and Bo a goodbye hug, and the two groups go their separate ways. I'm guessing this is when you lost it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. Was it the Buzz and Woody hug at the end? Um, no, I think it was the Woody looking back and forth between Bo Peep and his old friends. Oh, okay, okay. It was when he was trying to decide, like, looking at Rex and looking at Slink. Yeah. And then looking back at Bo Peep, who I'm not a huge fan of in this film. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because, and this is where it gets to the people of my age and my demographic is that, you know, so when this movie came out, I was Andy's age. I had toys. Uh, we played with Mr. Potato Heads in Toy Story 3. When Andy goes off to college, we were going to college. So that's why it was tough for us. It's very Harry Potter-esque. I remember you saying at one point he went to Clemson because there's a tiger's poster in his. Yeah. (laughs) He has a tiger paw on his chest. Um, not his actual chest. He didn't have a tattoo. Um, his clothes. Yeah. Trunk. Yeah, I'm the Mandarin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so, and then this one, this is like, this is where people are starting to like get married and have kids and move out of their hometowns and take jobs in states that are expensive plane rides away. And yes. so, having to make the decision on, am I going to be comfortable for the rest of my life and what I know and stick around what eventually will fade away? Because with Woody and them staying with Bonnie, it's. They're going to she's going to outgrow them and they're going to have to go through all this again, which I did not have this foresight to see in the movie. I was very I was digging my heels pretty heavy for Woody to go back to his friends. Yeah. Um, Or going out on this venture. The reason I like The Hobbit and seeing what else is out there. Yeah. That's where 
like all of that balled into one like look back and forth scene was when okay. I was like, hold it together. No, that I couldn't have said that better myself. In fact, I didn't even think of half of that actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the movie ends in the mid credit scenes after Woody and Bo traveling with the carnival. One year has passed and Bonnie has entered first grade. Jesse brings home a new friend. Bonnie created Knifey, a decorated plastic knife. Instantly smitten, Forky offers to shepherd her in her journey through life as a toy instead of trash. When her first question is, why am I alive? He is stumped. I don't know. I don't know. And she's trying to throw herself away, too. She goes, trash? And I'll say this. That got the biggest laugh in this whole movie. Yeah. The I don't know line. Because four movies, we've never actually seen them actually ask that question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, going back to something I said earlier, which is I thought this movie was going to be about figuring out what's a toy, what's trash, identity, and all that. This is when he finally accepts being a toy. It's in the mid-credits scene. Because he really doesn't accept. He accepts the fact that I'm Bonnie's trash. And Bonnie loves me to be her trash. That's what he says. He never actually says, I'm a toy. You're right. It's all post-credit. Yeah. So the storyline they started with became the storyline of Gabby, became the storyline of Woody. Oh, hey, remember Forky? Uh, you're, that's a good point. Th- that... I, my whole thing about this is that I think it was just too many storylines in one movie. It was a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I felt like I watched three movies in one movie. Yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, it's, it's a long one. There, it feels long. It, it's, it's not a long movie. It's only like an hour and 40 minutes, isn't it? It's a short yeah. one. And it's G-rated. Yeah. I can't wait till they have a three-hour cartoon. <laughs> Dances with Wolves. So the movie's over. Were you entertained? Yeah, I was entertained. I was drying my eyes. Um, immediately texted my brother. Yeah. Because he... He's about to have his second child, and he cried or teared up during Toy Story 3. Yeah. I said, have you seen it yet? He said, no. I said, well, you will. Um, <laughs> just bracing you. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then I texted you, and you were like, yep. would you like to do a show? I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah, because as soon as you texted me, like, I, I forgot what it was. It, it was clear that you liked it. I was like, okay, this would be a good one for a show. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't as hot on it. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, it's Pixar. They can do no wrong. Right. I mean, right. Even, even when even when they miss, it's still good. Yeah. I I can't think of a, a movie. The only way I can think of that's bad by Pixar is Cars 2. Really? So, OK. I, yeah. There are a lot I haven't seen. I haven't seen Brave. I haven't seen Princess and the Frog or was Prince, Princess and the Frog. Was no, that was Disney. Disney Animation. Was Brave also Disney Animation? Brave was Disney. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because in Ralph I Breaks just, the Internet, they I say, saw don't Ralph. bother with her. She's from the other studio. I'll say I saw <laughs> Ralph Breaks the Internet. I was upset. Didn't love it. But that's for another uh, that's for another podcast. All right. Well, did the awards get it right? We will not know this. Yeah, but like Pixar always does, they will probably win an animated award. Uh, which, realistically, for an animated, fe- if it's just animation, yes. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen one better looking than this this year. I mean, what is Secret Life of Pets 2 going to mm-hmm. do something? I haven't even seen that in the movie theater. You know me, I see movies every weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, but all right, on to our next segment titled Top 3, Bottom 3. This is where we talk about the three things we want to highlight in the movie, and then we go over the top three things that are bad, unforgivable, or downright travesties. And let's start with the top three. I'm going to start that way. You get the last word on this whole thing, because I, I, I think the most optimistic person should have the last word. Deal. All right. For me, uh, my number three is the animation of this movie is arguably the best Pixar has ever done. The only thing I can think of come close is The Good Dinosaur, which was also photorealistic. Uh, so that's my number three. My number two. The movie foreshadows its point at the very beginning when Woody's badge is given to Jesse. 
we are moving on from the old toys and getting ready for the new toys. And my number one is Forky. Everything Forky says to me is comedy gold. Uh, it, it is the best addition to me in the entire franchise. And I know some people say, no, it's Jesse, but Forky's more entertaining than Jesse. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So those are my top, those are my top three. Joel, what are your top three? Uh, my number three is uh, Toy Story does anxiety better than any cartoon <laughs> or any cartoon franchise that I can remember. Yep. Uh, this fourth installment does the best job at giving you that unsettled feeling that, like all the way through because you don't know what it is you're supposed to be focusing on. Right. And I think with a lot of movies, you're like, okay, this is the solution. They will get there. Yeah. But there are four or five different things that you're worried about in this movie. So you're never able to like formulate your own like idea on how it's going to get solved. Right. Because it's such a web, you don't know how it's going to get figured out. It um, almost keeps you off uh, off your feet a little bit. So you so the anxiety builds that way. Yeah. And so I remember the first movie growing up. I didn't watch a ton. I I mean, I'm sure I did. I remember watching it a lot, but I never remember just wanting to watch it to feel good because I knew that I was just going to be a wreck, wondering how they were going <laughs> to get back from Pizza Planet. Um, my number two is every new voice actor that was cast is perfect for their role. I agree. Key and Peele were amazing. Keanu, Buster Bluth, they were all so good. Yeah. Um, and my number one is the narrative of Woody seeking his purpose and the conclusion of leaving comfort for something unknown. And I think that was heavy, and I'm not going to get – that's not going to be processed probably by most of the younger kids. Mm -hmm. Maybe it will. Um, and that's what I really liked about it and what caught me in the grand scheme of the whole movie. Nice. All right, well, let's move on to the bottom three. It's time to vent, and I'm going to start here. My number three is there is a lot less humor than in the previous three movies. You think? I, a crowd of kids, not a whole lot of laughs. A lot of confusion, but not a whole lot of laughs. Oh, man. It's I think the adults were laughing more than the kids. Yo, were. okay, that might be it. Yeah. Because I, I saw an article today where they were saying this one might be the funniest out of the four. Yeah. But you're right. The kids weren't necessarily the ones laughing. I remember the kids laughed laughed most in my theater during a preview for like Trolls 7. Yeah, oh, the and world it was tour. A, yeah, it was like a poop joke. Yeah. And the kids lost it. And I was like, what? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. You look at the funniest characters in the franchise have been Ham, Potato Head, Rex, and they're all put to the side. Yep. So you have kids trying to figure out, okay, what happened to my favorite characters? Okay, I've got to readjust to Ducky and Bunny, and the adults can do it quickly. We're like, yes, works, you know? And the kids are like, what, what about John Ratzenberger? Yeah. <laughs> He's a, my Pixar darling. I heard a lot of kids say, what about John Ratzenberger? <laughs> Where's Cliff? Where's Cliff Clavin? <laughs> uh, my number two is most of this movie takes place in an antique shop. The most boring place for a kid to not only spend time in, but also stare at on screen. Yeah. There's a carnival that could have been so much more fun right across the street. A lot of lights. <laughs> That's a movie I want to see. They get lost at a carnival. Yeah. Uh, and they could call the toys that get lost in carnivals carnies also. Yeah, I got to deal with the carnies. And they travel but, oh, with the Oh, you know, their Pixar would have had picketers. Yeah, the lost and found at a carnival. I would love to see that. That would be great. Yeah. yeah but, they, but that would have offended someone, I'm sure. <laughs> they would have had a picket line outside of their offices for about a week yeah. every month until right. the carnival came back. <laughs> and my number one, though, I thought Forky's journey was supposed to be what this movie was about. 
too many storylines between Forky, Gabby, Gabby, following your inner voice, accepting identity, and Woody and Bo Peep. It's all over the place for me. And that's my number one because as a kid, I could tell they were confused. And as an adult, I was sitting there going, wow, I'm either really nitpicky or I'm having problems today. <laughs> oh yeah. no! So those are my three. Joel, what are yours? Yeah, my bottom three. Three, and I love Tony Hale, mm-hmm. and I think Buster in Arrested <laughs> Development is one of the best characters in television. And his character in Veep. Have you watched Veep? Yes, oh, yes, so yes, yes. <laughs> um, and he ended up being such an excellent character that I laughed at a lot. But I think, and maybe my expectations were too high at the beginning for him, and I think I just wanted Buster immediately. Yeah. But I felt like his rise to being funny was a little too slow for me at the beginning okay because he he went from being able to only say tr- he was only trash. able to say trash trash <laughs> i was like we get it we get it <laughs> and there's this massive montage which and again the montage was funny of yeah. him tr- basically trying to kill himself him, um, him walking alone is funny yeah <laughs> um but after about five examples of him trying to throw himself away and woody having to chase him mm-hmm. i was like we get it He's trash, and I think that it went on just a little too long um, as far as him saying he's trash and Woody having to catch him. Yeah. There is, I mean, is, I think they just milked that joke one minute too long. I think that joke is for parents only because Forky is treated like Woody's son. Yeah. And like even when they walked on the street, he's like, can you hold me? <laughs> like the parents are laughing because they're like, I know this child, yeah. you know? And That's they ask point. you questions over and over and over again. And- like trash trash it's like i get it oh my god and so that's why i thought i thought this would be like woody and this fork that's his son basically yeah because he made him you're right yeah (laughs) essentially he did he made Um, a baby with bonnie (laughs) number two um i felt so be patient with me i felt that the bo peep narrative was forced on me gotcha at, at her introduction I think that it was well written, and when it was all round out, was good. But her calloused persona early on with Woody was a little much for me. She went from Bo Peep to Roseanne Barr. <laughs> to where, when you first see her, and what we didn't mention in the thing is like, she loses an arm. Like, her arm gets broken when she falls at some point in uh, her second home. Yeah. But she has a. She has this like white band wrapped around her arm, which we find out later is tape to hold it on. But I learned leaned over next to me. I was like, does Bo, does Bo have a tattoo? <laughs> That's a sailor tattoo. <laughs> yeah. And I it was I'm all for equality. Yeah. I am all for male and female and whatever mm-hmm. getting their spot on screen and having a powerful role, but it felt very Captain Marvel to me for a brief moment at the beginning. But it was as if everything about Bo Peep was different, and they changed her entire character as a whole for the first half of the film, to where like I was surprised that she didn't have like a dip ring in her back pocket <laughs> or an actual neck tattoo, because she was so like mean and calloused for that opening scene where she tells Woody, "We are toys. This is what happens to toys. We get replaced. We get thrown away." And then the next time you see her, she's like. <laughs> Yeah, we're out at the carnival, and, like, she's got her Humvee, and she's basically, like, I don't need anyone else. I don't need anybody, and she's so mean. Yeah. And I was just like, this is not the same Bo Peep, but then at the end, she's she's great again. Right. 
But I felt like the very beginning, there was something that was off that I felt. I was like, there, there's something that I feel like is being forced on me. Um, and there was a scene like that in Endgame as well. I where, think I know which one. Yeah. Is where, it when they all show up? Yes. I, th- I See, I love that scene, but I also don't understand it. Well, I, I love it. I love it. Bec- I love that scene because I think it looks cool. But there's no way on that battlefield that would have ever happened. Right. And it's it's a, this is set here for a purpose. I don't think it needed to be, but there might be an audience that needs to see that. It may, I'm just like, I didn't need to see it, but for some people they did. Um, but again, eventually it did get back to being balanced to her roots, who she was, and the ending was great. Uh, my number one in the bottom was I just, I needed to see more from the original set of toys. I did not get... John Ratzenberger. I did not get Wallace Shawn. There were they had they had a couple of scenes. He screamed once or twice, and I was like, that he wasn't just screaming, right? There was more to Rex. <laughs> yeah, and I know that you're limited with Don Rickles passing away, and they were able to pull some. I think they had some recordings ready, but they pulled some things from the original movie to get Mr. Potato Head a couple of lines. But with Woody leaving in the end. And this is what got me because mm-hmm. I was like, toys don't have cell phones. <laughs> toys don't have Instagram. <laughs> they don't have Facebook. They're, Woody's not going to be able to stay in touch with these guys. Right. And that's what was hard for me. I was thinking, I was like, man, you're, he's leaving. And we, we never really got much of a conclusion with the original characters and all of his best friends other than he had his adventure with Buzz, which that's really all that matters because the entire Toy Story has been Woody and Buzz. Yeah. But I wanted more from Rex. I wanted more Ham, and I feel like they didn't get the proper goodbye if this is the final movie. And it has to be. Yeah. Because, well, at least for them. Well, it's funny because in 3, that was your final goodbye. Right. You know, that you got to see it there. And yeah. this was kind of like, well, hey, it, eh, eh, here's a little more. You know, we can give goodbyes now to these people. Yeah. And you guys got yours already. Right. Um, can I go back to your second point? Please. Okay. Because I completely agree with everything you just said about that second point. You're right. They did. I felt like they tried to force something there. Mm-hmm. You could have done Bo Peep dressed the way she was at the beginning. There's no reason for her to take her skirt off and turn into Ray from Star Wars. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. There was no reason for that. She could have done everything she did in this movie wearing the original ceramic stuff that she was wearing. They did something in this, which was... Not only are we going to give you a strong female, which I do like. I like strong females right. in movies. But we're going to strip away what you consider traditional femininity for this role also. Mm-hmm. And call me a traditionalist. There's a, there's a point for that sometimes. You know? Uh, how many times? In the other thing, you know, her little tape band. How many times did she fall on the ground and not get broken? Yeah. And yet Woody pulls at her arm and it pops off? Yeah, it, <laughs> and I think like the bare bones of what it is that like upset me was you have Jesse. Jesse's a great character. Yes, um, but with what you said with Bo Peep, she's no longer a ceramic decoration. Did you know Estelle? It wasn't. In, it was barely in this. Yeah, um, Miss Potato Head. Yeah, Georgie. Yeah, you, she, the rhinoceros is completely ambiguous. Oh, she's great, though. Dolly is ambiguous when it comes to the femininity. There when, really is no traditionally feminine character in this outside of Harmony. When Kristen Shaw is doing the GPS, though, <laughs> so I <good>. was <laughs> laughing so hard. 
Right. I said take a right. Which is funny because I hate Jesse's voice. I love Kristen Shaw's voice. Yes. <laughs> it's great. But yeah, it was. I couldn't get past those. Like, Bo Peep in the first movie waddled. In the second movie, she waddled here and there. Yeah. And so did her uh, sheep, mm-hmm. which we finally got the names to the sheep. Billy, Goat, and Gruff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, like, hops everywhere. But now she's essentially, like, a, like a more off-terrain Barbie where her knee joints bend and she has arms that bend. And, and where was Barbie in this? Oh, Barbie's oh, back at the sunny side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like her voice changed and I was like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm totally okay with making Bo Peep. And I think that was a great idea to say, to take her from a decoration at a house to finally having her freedom where she is in charge of a bunch of other toys. Like yeah. she's the leader of the carnival toys. And I thought she did a great job at that. But when you change her, I felt like they kind of changed her voice, even though it's the same character. They changed her character. Yeah. They changed everything about her. And I was like, that part was weird to me. Yeah. Um, she was but. missing an eye patch and a tattoo. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we use an A to F scale here on the Movie Planet for our critics' rating. A C is considered average. A is the highest. F is the lowest. And if the movie is so bad it receives Fs from all the hosts, it goes to a new category movie, the Movie Planet Global Killer, which we almost got last week. Uh, Josh, Josh and I were reviewing Friday the 13th. And this will, be re- this will be actually out in about a year. We reviewed Friday <laughs> the 13th, uh, and we nearly both gave it Fs. Really? It's so bad. Like it's the original? On, the original Friday the 13th is so bad. You can find it on Amazon Prime. It is so bad, it's amazing. Like, you could sit down with anybody and laugh your way through this entire movie. Now, that's not the one with the chainsaw, is it? No, that's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's not the one with the wizard boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, if that happens, then we call it the Movie Planet Global Killer, a category movie that's so bad you can laugh hysterically at it. Well, the question is, what do you give Toy Story 4 in the animated feature film genre by 2019 standards? And I'm going to start this. Okay, so, well, this movie series is no longer a trilogy. It's a franchise. And one of the hardest things to do in any group of films is say, we did it. It's complete. Let's not do any more because we told our story. And Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 tells a complete story. And at the end of it, we feel closure. Why, nine years later, does this movie get made? Yes, I know there was a nine-year gap between Toy Story 2 and 3, but when you look at what happened in Toy Story 3, the ending was astonishing and beautiful and earned. Mm. Audiences everywhere felt it was arguably the best end to a franchise they had ever seen. Then, after everyone has bought on Blu-ray and DVD, the trilogy packets and all this, this near-perfect story, you decide to make one more movie? And why not? It's been Pixar's darling since 1995. However, it is completely unneeded. What did this movie give you that the other three were missing? And that's my biggest point. Tom Hanks says this movie was the final Toy Story for Pixar. This means it was giving closure to big plot points in Toy Story 3. But there was no need for closure. Nobody left Toy Story 3 going, I wonder what's next. No. Uh, People go to these movies for two characters, Woody and Buzz, and they barely share the screen in this film. Yes, they added new characters like Ducky and Bunny, Duke Kaboom, and the amazing Forky, but their storylines tend to take a backseat to all the other storylines. From the beginning, I thought this movie was going to be about identity. Forky identifies as trash, even if the world around him sees him as a toy. This should be the big arc of the movie. However, within two scenes in the middle of the movie, he goes from defiantly stating he is trash to stating he's a toy. Where was the struggle? It was put to the side for all the other storylines they stuck in this movie. Forky's identity crisis, Gabby Gabby's voice box issues, jealousy, obsession with harmony, Buzz Lightyear learning to listen to his inner voice, which are you kidding me? One, no toy has that many sayings, and two, for nine years he hasn't wondered about it. Three, Woody and Bo Peep's story. 
Four, Bonnie's new toys and old toys all knowing their place in Bonnie's hierarchy of love. I think a better story would be Bonnie taking the toys to her room, mixing them with her other toys, and mom comes in and says, you have way too many toys. You're going to need to get rid of some. And watching the old and new toys figure out their importance in this world of dependency. Or have a battle royale. Oh, yes. (laughs) In the end, this felt like a greatest hits of the past three movies. This feels like going to a high school reunion. It's nice to see everyone, but it just isn't the same as it was before. This movie would be a C if it wasn't for how good the animation was in this movie. It's sick how, how amazing they can animate this stuff now. Ultimately, I'm giving this movie an above average grade of a B minus. Tried to do too much with very little and rendered itself unnecessary in the whole series. It's the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean film in the Toy Story series. But it's still is Toy Story. It's still better than average storytelling. But they've definitely done better. So that's mine. Yeah, Joel? For, for sure. Um, this this was a I thought it was like a great conclusion to the franchise, and I can't imagine them doing anything beyond this. But again, I thought the same thing when Toy Story three, like when I saw that, I thought that, that was a great stopping point. Um, I remember watching Toy Story three and being at the end like, I'm so sad that Toy Story's done. I was like, but they did it so well, and they did the entire franchise justice. I don't regret them making this movie by any means. Um, but whereas it's a good addition to the set, I don't know how I would have felt if this was the very first Toy Story I ever saw. I felt emotions throughout the movie, you know, like I talked about earlier when I was a child and growing up, being the same age as Andy, yada, 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 making the same decisions. But if this movie stands on by itself, you don't have those emotional attachments to it. Um and so, I don't know what this movie does. I can't take too much away from the film because it is a fourth film, and you do have to build on the past. So, I don't blame them for... I mean, you, ha- you have to go based on those emotions. Um, I'm giving it above average because I laughed. I was invested into the movie. I had emotions. And there were moments where I was on the edge of my seat because I didn't know what was going to happen. And no other G-rated film is going to make me do that. It's not going to get me into theaters... And I thought that it was 100% worth my money and worth my time. I, It was up there as far as making me laugh more than any of the other four. Um, I enjoyed watching it the most, but I, that might have to do with being older and seeing it in theaters. Um, I think I saw some of the others in theaters, but when you're a kid, you don't, Yeah, right. you know, it's just you're going to the movies. Yeah. Um, but with all that being said, not knowing how it stands on its own, I go, I give it a B. Which is interesting because I think I gave, I love Toy Story two, yeah, nostalgia. Toy Story three is great. I think this, even though I did enjoy this one, and I'll probably watch this one more than probably one, uh, and maybe some others, because it's dependency on the other films. It has to have the B. Okay, and you know, it's, if you, I mean, we, I, can, I think we can both agree, the Toy Story franchise is still a damn good franchise. It's great, it, great. It, it's just it's. Everybody that I talked to about the movie, they asked me, oh, how is it? And my first question is, what is your favorite Toy Story movie? And some of them said the first one, some said the second, some said the third. And my response was, this will not supplant that. Because whatever your favorite is, it's favorite for two reasons. One, because you think it's a good movie, but also because it hits you in the feels really good. Mm -hmm. And no matter what happens, it doesn't mean it's the fourth best one. It just means that you hold that one in such high regard because it's Toy Story. Right. You know, it's, and I think it's a fair statement to say, whichever one's your favorite, this is not, 
going to supplant that. Mm-hmm. Like, the, usually the battle is two, two and three. Yeah. Uh, people who love two hate three. People that love three hate two. It's just, it's yeah. like alien and aliens. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, we revisit the list of movies in the Pantheon. We got Toy Story 3 still with an A. Toy Story 2 with an A minus. Toy Story with a B plus. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox with a B plus. Yeah. And Toy Story 4 with a B minus, followed by Hercules with a C. Hercules is going to get booted out real fast. Uh <laughs> I based on this, it's kind of funny. Out of the top five, we've got Toy Story movies. I, as much as I was not a fan of Fantastic Mr. Fox, I still think it deserves to be higher up. Yeah. What about you? Oh yeah, I think so. Just because Fantastic Mr. Fox one stands alone, yada yada. Um, <laughs> but I the what they did with the stop motion with Fantastic Mr. Fox is phenomenal. Yeah. The voice actors they got for that were also phenomenal. Yes. The storyline made sense. Mm-hmm. It was clear. Um, and it was a great adaptation to a book. Yeah. Uh, and then we look at the franchise category because Toy Story is a franchise now. Toy Story is at the top. It's at the top. It's got a B-plus rating when you combine b- both of all of our scores. Mm-hmm. It's got a B plus rating that puts it above Star Wars, above Alien, above Jurassic Park, above Die Hard. And realistically, as I put this together, I was like, really? And I thought Toy Story hasn't had a movie below a C yet. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like you like you just said, you put it you can try to compare it to the other films. But even the worst Toy Story is a really good movie. Yeah. When you look at Star Wars, you can pick at least one Star Wars. You're like, I would be OK if I didn't have to watch that one again with Alien franchise. you you can see like the one that sticks out, the elephant in the room. <laughs> With Die Hard, Die Hard has movies and the new Jurassic Park. In my humble opinion, yeah, there are they each have movies where you can say just skip it. You, they have at least two in you each one. Don't need to see it. Yeah. Toy Story is one. It's like all of them are worth watching. And you know what? Star Wars is kind of incomplete because we haven't done Solo yet. Oh yeah, and Putting Solo in there? could knock that down below Alien. Uh, it yeah, because it is titled Star Wars. A, it's solo a Star it, Wars, and we yeah. did Rogue One, so it's got to go in there also. It'd be interesting to see, like, when you put that, because I'm, I'm assuming you will, or you that's in the back of your mind. I'm dreading that. doing it, honestly. Well, just, I mean, you know, just having, like, okay, well, what would the th- just the original three have been? Okay, now what would just the other three have been? Or if we yeah. just take the original six or the the Star Wars nine or whatever it is. Well, let's see here. The first three looks like the average was around a seven point. Oh no, the the prequels. The average was about seven point five, which is a C plus. The originals four, five, and six. The average was around a nine, which is a B. And then the new boys on the block. The average is about a nine, nine point three. In fact, we rated the new ones higher. So, <laughs> well, uh, the but we haven't done solo. I will say the new ones have the advantage of the people that wrote the movie yeah. had to be afraid of the people online. <laughs> the original three movies, they couldn't have cared less what no. anybody said on the internet because the internet didn't exist. There was no Twitter in 1983. Yeah, so like you make the movie you want to make and you don't worry about pleasing people. But also, you know, the people online keep you accountable and make you look out for all the holes. Something that I do want to talk about yeah. briefly before we move on. We didn't once mention Randy Newman, and they included new songs in this one. Yeah, in fact, we had in our opener the uh, I can't let 
I can't let yourself be thrown away. Yes. <laughs> and that was, I was actually fighting for my top three. Randy Newman being back, yeah. coming out with new songs, was great in this movie. It's kind of funny because when the, mov- when the movie started and you hear that song first, I didn't know it was Randy Newman at first. I didn't pay attention to it because I was like, oh, it's a new song. They must have gotten somebody new like Sarah McLaughlin in Toy Story nice. 2. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, I was left wondering, wait, where's you got a friend in me? There is, there's it's a, in there. There's a point in the movie where I think it's like the first kind of like tug at the emotions where but Woody's doing something and you can hear his theme in the background. Yeah. And that was the first time they played it all movie. And you're like, there it is. Yeah. That's what we were waiting for. And uh, I mean, I, I let's get our critic stats off. Do you love this movie? Like this movie or none of the above? I I liked it. Yeah, I genuinely liked yeah. it. I liked it. I my final feeling in this movie was kind of like Simpsons. Like Simpsons did it, you know that right there. <laughs> Toy Story three did it better. And it was the final line that Woody says, which is uh, where Buzz says to infinity, and he goes and beyond. And I was like, no. The best line Woody said at the end of the movie was, "So long, partner." Like, yeah. Ah, oh, God, it's tough. That still gives me freaking goosebumps. It's a great one. Yeah. So yeah, there we are. Uh, but yeah, that here endeth the show. Well, that's all I've got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show, we'll look at Batman Begins for the comic book category, and continue with the Nolan Batman movies to see where it stands in the trilogy pantheon. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, or Spotify, and give us a four- or five-star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at movieplanetpod, and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Special thanks to Twisterium and SoundJ Music for providing our intro and closing music. Thank you for listening, and happy movie watching.